0: hi guys it's dr cassie coming to you today with a great podcast about developing a nutritional counselor program in your clinic sponsored in part by hills pet nutrition we as veterinary professionals know how important nutrition is in keeping our patients happy and healthy for a lifetime and with the increasing number of overweight and obese pets as well as the abundance of information both helpful and misleading available to pet owners It's more and more important that we make sure we're collecting thorough diet histories and making nutritional recommendations to our patients. In today's podcast, Vicki O'Grain talks about the success she's had with implementing a nutritional counselor program into clinics and how to go about doing this in your own clinic. This is a great way for veterinarians, technicians and pet owners to work together as a team to make sure that pets are eating a healthy diet throughout their lifetime. Vicky received her technical degree from Los Angeles Pierce College and served in private practice for many years in California and then 18 years ago began a new career with hills pet nutrition. There she's involved in global education in the global professional veterinary affairs department. She's credentialed in California and Kansas. In 2007, she completed a Bachelor of Science, and in 2008, she completed a Master's, both in Business Administration. With that, Vicki, over to you.
1: I'm excited to talk to you today about developing a Nutritional Counselor Program in your clinic. During my time at Hills, I had the opportunity to develop a Nutritional Counselor Program. I worked with over 600 pet parents developing this program, and I had an over a 90% acceptance of the new food being recommended. Being a nutritional counselor is one of the most rewarding and satisfying things I have done in my career. I love advocating for my patients to assure they are getting proper nutrition. Every pet coming into the clinic should receive a nutritional assessment. As we say, every pet, every time. If the pet is on a pet food and treats the clinic recommends, then make sure the owner is still feeding the correct food and the feeding amount is still appropriate. Some pet parents may add things that may be inappropriate and we can help get the pet back on the appropriate food. For example, if an owner is giving a high fat treat to a dog that needs to be on a low fat diet, we can help the pet parent get back on track. Where a nutritional counselor can be invaluable is if a new food has been recommended. This is when a nutritional counselor will be instrumental in the success of the new food being accepted. What is a nutritional counselor? A nutritional counselor will reinforce the food recommended, will implement the recommendation, and follow up with the pet parent after the consultation. Let's talk about how to do a consultation. The consultation will start after the technician or the veterinarian has made a food recommendation for the pet. If a therapeutic food is recommended, a veterinarian will likely need to diagnose the condition and make the food recommendation along with other treatments needed. Then the veterinarian will turn the case over to the nutritional counselor. The veterinarian will advise you what the food being recommended is and if the pet can have dry food, canned, or both. The vet will advise if treats are okay and should mention if only specific treats can be fed. If the pet needs to lose weight, the veterinarian may also advise what the goal weight should be. You will start the consultation with the pet parent by taking a nutritional history ask two very important questions. First, what are you currently feeding? And second, ask why they are feeding the food. So start by asking what they are currently feeding. This includes everything they are feeding, including pet food, treats, human food, and supplements. I ask what the pet is eating, and then say, what else, and what else, and what else, until the owner has given you all the things the pet eats. We never want to judge Just write down what they are telling you. If the owner feels they are being judged, they may not tell you everything they are feeding. This allows the pet parent to tell me the unusual foods or unique feeding times. For example, that special treat only on Sunday. There are many ways to ask this question. I found asking what they are feeding and then ask what else worked best for me. Once they have given you everything the pet is eating, ask why they are feeding the diet. This will give you insights into the philosophy of the owner. I have a couple of examples. I had a pet parent with an overweight dog eating a raw food and a supermarket food. He was feeding this because he was told by the breeder to feed the raw food and by his family to feed the supermarket food. So it was easy to get him to accept the new food. But I also had a woman with two overweight dogs who was feeding a lot of extra human food like ice cream and toast and butter. When I asked her why she was feeding these foods, she told me she was going through a very difficult divorce and feeding the dogs was an emotional experience for her. I worked with her to allow treating for her emotional well-being while helping to get weight off of the dogs. Understanding why they were feeding these foods led to successfully accepting the new food, and the nice thing is all three dogs, including the lady with the div- that was going through the divorce, lost weight. After gaining an understanding of what they are feeding and why, you will know what you need to discuss to make the transition to the new food successful. Discuss with the pet parent what the new food is and why you or the veterinarian is recommending the food. For example, when a renal food is recommended, you could say to the pet parent, the veterinarian is recommending a renal food for your cat. It has controlled protein, phosphorus, and sodium to take the workload off your cat's kidneys and will improve and extend the quality and length of your cat's life. As you can see, that doesn't take very long to explain. Then the Nutritional Counsel will help implement the recommendation. The second part of the consultation is very important. This is where you will help the owner accept the recommendation by communicating everything they need to know about the new food, like how much to feed, how to transition, and of course answer any questions they may have. The technician plays a pivotal role in helping the pet parent. Switching to a new food is a stressful time for the pet parent, especially if the pet is switching to a therapeutic food. Not only are they switching to new food, they are finding out the pet has a medical condition that needs treatment. We are there to be the advocate for the pet. At Pet Parent, we let them know we are there for their support. It is important to discuss how much to feed. It is best for you to calculate exactly what the dog or cat should be eating. Do not leave it up to the pet parent to decide how much to feed. Nutritional counselors play an important role in helping the pet parent feed the correct amount of calories. When calculating for weight loss, use the goal weight you have determined or given to you by the veterinarian to calculate the feeding amount. Make sure you advise the owner that the amount you are recommending is a starting point. The amount may need to be adjusted depending on how the pet responds to the feeding amount. This of course is especially important for weight loss. Nutritional counselors are instrumental in helping a pet parent through their pet's weight loss journey. It is important to provide a brochure that discusses the new food. Some pet food companies, like Hills, supply brochures for pet owners. If the pet food company does not provide brochures, make your own with basic information about how the food will benefit the pet. Many pet parents are stressed and not completely taking in what you tell them at the clinic. So it is important to give them something to read at home. When my own cat was diagnosed with kidney disease, as you can imagine, I didn't hear very much after the vet told me her diagnosis, and I'm a vet tech, but also a pet parent. So it is up to us to make sure the owner understands the instructions, and something in writing will help. The pet parent can share the information with the family members that were not present at the veterinary clinic during the exam and the recommendation. It is important to give the pet parents full instructions on how much to feed, and any additional instructions, such as how many treats, along with information on how to transition to the new food, and give them a measuring cup if the pet food company supplies them, or if not, make sure to give instructions to purchase the correct eight ounce or 250 gram measuring cup if they do not. What about treats? Giving treats can be a very emotional experience for pet parents. It is often how they bond with their pet and show love. If the pet parent likes giving treats, It is important to try to incorporate treats into the food plan, if allowed. Treats should never be more than 10% of the total calories. If the pet cannot have treats, you can recommend alternative ways to show love without giving food, like petting, play activities, or praise. It is important to recommend a transition. There are two reasons to do a transition. First, occasionally a pet will have a GI upset when switched to a new diet and we never know which pet will have a GI upset. There is more of a GI upset with a hydrolyzed protein or if there is a different level of fiber in the food, like going to a high fiber food when the pet was on a low fiber food. The second reason to do a transition is a pet will accept a new food better when a transition is done to allow the pet to get used to the new texture and flavor. Traditional transitions take seven days, but it could be longer, especially when the pet is getting used to a new texture. Like a pet, especially a cat, that was eating dry only and is now being offered canned food. Pet parents may want palatability tips to help with the transition to the new food. Some suggested tips include warming the food, but make sure the food is not too hot or it could burn their mouth. We don't want that. Feed in separate bowls. Some animals do not like different foods in the same bowl. If allowed, try a different texture. For example, if a pet does not like the dry form, try the canned form. Add a low-salt-flavored broth, like chicken or beef. Add a small amount of oregano. Now, this is not recommended for hypologetic foods, unless the veterinarian says it's okay, and you do not want to do this with feline YD. Fresh or dry oregano leaves work best. Squeeze the leaves to bring out the oils. Adding a tiny, tiny amount of honey or corn syrup like a quarter of a teaspoon of honey mixed with warm water. This can be poured over the food, kind of like a gravy, to impart some sweetness to the dog's food. This is not for diabetics, obviously. And typically cats do not like sweets, so probably may not want to try it for them. If a pet parent has multiple pets, as many do, you should have a feeding discussion for all pets during the consultation. A nutritional counselor can work with the owner to help come up with solutions for feeding all of the pets. The best recommendation is for all pets in the house to be fed separately. This can be in separate rooms or the owner can stay in the room while the pets are eating to assure the pets eat their food only. For cats needing weight loss doesn't necessarily work for dogs. A box can be made, cardboard or plastic, with a small opening that the smaller cat can get through but the overweight cat cannot so we will not get into the other cat's food. Also, there are now feeding stations that allow only the pet to eat their food or measured amount of foods at scheduled times. These have been really great and are especially great when a pet needs to lose weight. At the end of the consultation before the owner leaves the clinic, I would give my contact information in case they have any questions. So this is something you may wanna think about doing. I would also ask if I could call to check to see how the pet is doing. Surprisingly, I did not have one pet parent say no. They really did appreciate my support. This is a great way to bond a pet parent to your clinic. It is important to follow up to make sure everything is going well. The nutritional counselor should call in two or three days, then two weeks, and then two months to see how the pet is doing. The first follow-up is the most important. Call in two or three days. This will be during the transition, and this is when most pet parents will give up on the new food. It is an opportunity to be the owner's support and cheerleader and help with any issues that have come up. It is also an opportunity for the pet parent to ask any questions that may have come up since they went home, also from family members that were not at the consult. Then check in in two weeks to see how the pet is doing. By now, the pet may be on the new food or still transitioning, so it's a good time to check in and see how everything is going. See if they have any questions. At two months, check to see how the pet is doing. By now, the pet should be on the new food, and you're calling to offer any support they may need. Call as you think necessary after the two-month check-in. If the pet needs to lose weight, I will call monthly until the pet reaches its goal weight. Encourage weighing every two to four weeks for dogs, but every four weeks for cats, until the pet reaches its goal weight. It is also great to calculate how long a bag will last. And contact the owner to ask if you can put a bag aside for them or remind them to order if they're using home delivery, unless they've signed up for automatic delivery. What a great service you can provide for the pet parent, but it also assures compliance with the new food. Kind of a win-win for both. Every pet deserves and should receive a nutritional recommendation on every visit. Nutrition is one area of veterinary medicine that affects every pet that comes into your hospital. Working as a nutritional counselor is very rewarding and is an asset to the practice, as well as the pet parent, but more importantly, the pet. You can be instrumental in guiding a pet parent, answering questions, and determining feeding amounts. follow-up is imperative for success of a new food. Technicians can play an integral role in helping pet parents successfully switch to a new food. I hope you enjoy being a nutritional counselor and helping the pet parents and the pets as rewarding as I have. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that
0: great information on the Nutritional Counselor Program. I hope that you guys have taken away some valuable information about how to approach the topic of pet nutrition and getting the entire team on board with making and reinforcing nutritional recommendations, something that is so important in everyday practice. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback on this podcast, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear me cover in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com or on Facebook at Dr. Cassie DVM. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.